The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. And a special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in Vietnam, India, and Switzerland, and in the states of North Carolina, Oregon, and New Jersey. Welcome and thank you for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook 33 tips for self-empowerment i wrote this book because when you are self-empowered you are connected to your limitless higher self your soul as you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others you will begin to feel at peace it is through this connection with the limitless part of yourself that miracles occur like unexpected healing and wealth In our first show this year, Psychic Dwan Washington pointed out that this connection to our limitless higher self is all important in order to use the energy available to us in 2016. This is new energy entering the world that will allow us to change our destiny and create the life we desire. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is laugh. You cannot laugh and be sad at the same time. You can shift your mood by forcing yourself to laugh. Do this by making funny faces at yourself in the mirror, laughing at nothing, watching a funny movie, reading the comics or jokes, or taking laugh yoga classes. Along these lines, I recently heard that a Harvard study showed that people who read the comics before they read the news actually live longer. So laugh, be happier, and live longer. Since positivity is the best place to manifest from, you can also change your destiny. 
And my next workshop called The Ohm Awakening will also help you create positive change in your life. I'm the first teacher initiate and I'm grateful to be chosen to offer this workshop to you. Ohm is the sound of creation. It vibrates at the highest levels. The Ohm Awakening process will align you with the positive, loving, and enlightening vibration of the universe. Through this experience, you will open new channels within your body, connect with divine energy, raise your vibration, increase your awareness of the divine, heal your body, See more through the eyes of your limitless higher self. Release your fears. Bring more light, love, health, and youthfulness into your body. We'll be at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, Texas on Sunday, February 21 from 2 to 3.30. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts and emotions, and physical and mental health, we can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, informational and inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our returning guest today, Robert Moss who will talk with us about active dreaming and how it can help you choose the life you want. Last week, we had an enlightening conversation with Dr. Stephen Vasquez, who shared the truth about depression and how to actually heal from it. A listener, Sandy, wrote, I've done work with Stephen Vasquez and one of his team, Susan Sismas. This is the fastest, kindest way to move forward that I've ever experienced. I appreciate Sandy's testimonial and applaud her for having the courage to heal. So many choose to stay stuck in misery, believing that there is no cure. Fortunately, Dr. Vasquez has been working to get the truth to people. I was a amazed to discover that 70% of people on antidepressants are still depressed and antidepressants are actually no more effective than placebos. In other words, people on these medications believe that they are being helped, but they are not. Furthermore, even if the symptoms are decreased, the cause is still present. Dr. Vasquez has trained people all over the United States and around the world in his revolutionary process. Please listen to the show for all the details and share it with your friends and family. 
who suffer from depression, just go to my website, paulajoyce.com, and click on radio show at the top of the navigation. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. The first week of this year, Psychic Dwan Washington shared information on our show that was so important that I put it in a blog that is now up on my website, paulajoyce.com, and I'm going to repeat some of it here today. In addition to his predictions for 2016, he told us how we can make this a spectacular year for ourselves and at the same time decrease destructive influences in the world like violence and global warming. If enough of us do this, we can even help to create world peace. All we have to do is spend a few minutes each day doing the exercises described below. I encourage you to invite others to do this with you or by themselves to add even more positive energy to the world. The more of us who do this, the better it is for all of us. Duan emphasized that 2016 is a year of choice and of great potential. The energies for this year are opening doors for us to create what we want, but we have to do our part to make that happen. The choice is to give in to fear and close doors of opportunity or add to the positive energy and love in the world, thereby helping to create a world of joy, peace, and light. We truly are co-creators, and more than ever, our positive or negative attitudes, words, thoughts, and deeds will influence our own lives and the world. The energy we create of fear or love will spread into the world. Through positivity, we can help create calm and peace within ourselves and the weather systems and even diminish the level of violence in the world. As we accept and love ourselves, knowing that we deserve love, peace, healing, and abundance, we can let go of violence, fear, and judgment of others. Yes, we can even influence the economy. Let's commit to planting the seeds of positivity, growing them, and manifesting them within ourselves and in the world. Dwan explained that if we come together in one mind, we can bring more peace and love to the planet. Previous guests like Dr. Larry Dossey and Sandra Ingerman also talked about how we share a single consciousness. The more we understand that we are all connected and that we influence each other, the more motivation there is to focus on love rather than fear. The more of us who focus on love, the more love and positive energy there will be in the world, which in turn will benefit all of us. As Duan suggested, if we all repeat these two mantras and do these two exercises daily, we can help to create our best year ever and manifest love, peace, abundance, joy, light, and healing into our lives and into the world. Please say these mantras with me. The first one is, we are love as we are loved. All is love as all is loved. The second one is, we are not victims. We are beings of light, empowered through love. 
this first exercise that Dwan created will help calm the energies within you and within the earth. Because this year is a year of the heart, it will be a very emotional year. This exercise will help you deal with your emotions in a more peaceful way. Do it with me now. Envision the earth as peaceful. See a pink heart in the center of the earth. And inside the heart is a white rose or white lotus flower. Then think these words into the planet and all that is on the planet three times. World peace through love. World peace through love. World peace through love. The second exercise will help you connect more strongly with your limitless higher self. It is through your limitless higher self that all healing and manifestation occurs. We truly are spiritual beings having a physical experience on earth. The more connected you are to the spiritual part of yourself, the easier and more positive your life will be. Here is a magical exercise that will change your destiny. Let's do it together. Think of the happiest day of your life and imagine the divine shining light on your limitless higher self on that day. Then imagine that your limitless higher self merges with you in this moment and that you are walking on a golden road of limitless possibility. The road is well lit by the divine, and that light is guiding you to limitless peace, joy, and light. Every time I say these mantras and do these exercises, I feel so good that it's hard to force myself to come out of them. I like to start my day this way because it makes me feel empowered and gives me a positive outlook. After reading Robert Moss's book, I'm also going to do them before bed in order to continue the meditations into my dream time. In the January 8th show, I also gave information about the process of manifestation and how to ensure your own manifestations are more effective. I received two emails. The first was from a previous guest who is now a listener. Nisha wrote, Good morning, Paula. I enjoyed your show with Duan. I really could identify with what you were saying about manifesting. You are definitely on the right track with your approach. Thank you for the information. The second was from a client who validated my suggestion by u- of using a manifestation journal. She wrote, interestingly enough, I have been writing a manifestation journal for two years, and it has brought magic into my life. To listen to the January 8th show and get all the information that Dwan and I shared, please go to my website, paulajoyce.com, and click on radio show at the top of the navigation.
My silver lining story for this week comes from a client who's in the process of learning to see his life in a more positive way. He was telling me that he was upset because the contractor that he had been using to get rid of the mold in his house was not taking on any additional work. This was particularly upsetting to my client because this was the first person whose work had met his standards. My client sent an email with a smaller proposal, hoping that the contractor would be willing to accommodate him before moving out of town. At the time of our appointment, my client had not received a response. He did tell me, however, that he was proud of himself for not just feeling defeated and for standing up for himself by making a counterproposal. This was an important change in behavior, and I was pleased that my client was taking action on his own behalf. He followed this information, however, with the complaint that he didn't understand why the universe was working against him. I pointed out that another way of looking at the situation was that he was being taken care of by being given an opportunity to grow and change. Regardless of the outcome, he had benefited immensely in terms of personal growth, and that was his silver lining and what he should focus on for the healthiest positive attitude. As Albert Einstein said, the universe is a friendly place. When you believe that, you feel supported, loved, and safe. When you believe that the universe is not a friendly place, you feel suspicious, sad, and alone. Each of us has a choice as to how we view the universe and our place in the world. We really are in charge of our own happiness. If we decide the universe is a friendly place, we will be much happier than if we feel challenged or threatened at every turn. This client is in the process of learning to see that the world truly is a friendly place. If you are engaged in this journey, remember to keep a blessing journal to help yourself see that every day holds the blessings of knowledge, wisdom, and growth. And our guest today, Robert Moss, understands that we cannot always choose our circumstances, but we can always choose our attitude. He teaches people around the world to transform, heal, and optimize their lives. Born in Australia, he survived three near-death experiences in childhood. He leads creative and shamanic adventures all over the world, including a three-year training for teachers of active dreaming and online courses for the Shift Network. A former lecturer in ancient history at the Australian National University, he is a New York Times bestselling novelist, poet, and independent scholar. He's the author of numerous books about dreaming, shamanism, and imagination, including Sidewalk Oracles, which he discussed with us on November 5th last year, and Active Dreaming which we will be talking about today. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Ohm Awakening. Then click on Store to purchase my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Then go to Calendar of Events to see your questions for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Robert Moss to talk about active dreaming at and how it helps you choose the life 
you want. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call one 866 472 5795 or send an email to at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope that you went to the calendar of events and said that you are willing to recognize that you always have a choice. And I'm so pleased to welcome back Robert Moss to talk today about active dreaming and choosing the life you want. Welcome, Robert. Good to be dreaming with you, Paula. (laughs) Thank you. So since you said that, will you tell us what you mean by that? Because most of us think of dreaming as occurring during sleep hours. Uh, this is our Western muddle. I mean, traditional peoples understand that dreaming is what it's all about. Dreaming is about not fundamentally about what happens during sleep. It's about waking up. 
I mean, in ordinary life, we're often like sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers. We've forgotten what it's all about. We let other people tell us who we are and what to do. We're not choosing. I mean, dreaming is a way. Dreaming, in the sense that I use the word, is not just about working with night dreams. So I greatly value spontaneous sleep dreams that you may not have asked for and may not want because they hold up a mirror to everything and they give you clarity and they show you the future and all sorts of other good stuff. But dreaming, as I teach and practice, that active dreaming is about looking at the world around you as a set of symbols and signs and messages going on all around you in everyday life. It's a way of finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. It, it is also a way of shifting consciousness and going into the deeper reality. Uh, I know that from my point of view, I'm dreaming right now. Yes, I'm in a physical body holding a telephone in my hand. And Yes, I've been up since 4 o'clock, which for some people would think would put you in a pretty dreamlike situation anyway. But for me, it's all the dream. And it's about becoming more conscious and more lucid inside the dream and recognizing that we have choice when others might have told us that we don't and stepping outside our self-limiting beliefs and treating the whole world around us as malleable and fluid beyond what we've expected and always testing the limits of possibility. Those are some of the things it means to be an active dreamer. So how do we do that when often we're caught in um, circumstances that we have no control over? Well, you quoted me quoting Viktor Frankl. I reread Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl's classic book, every four years or so. I mean, some people remember this and some people don't. Frankl was a psychologist, a Vienna psychologist, and he was in Auschwitz during World War II in a situation where he was reduced to an emaciated set of skin and bones with a, with a number tattooed on his arm who could be killed at any time living in the most brutal conditions. And in those conditions, he decided that he had choice. He decided he could choose his attitude. He could choose a vision. He could choose a dream. So he applied himself in this extremity of horror and pain, with people dying all around him all the time in the most brutal, brutal, brutish fashion. He applied himself to imagining a future in which the Nazis were history, the concentration camps were gone. And he, in a good suit, is lecturing to a well-heeled audience somewhere like New York City on, quote, the psychology of the concentration camps. Uh, he imagines that it's all gone. The situation is in his past history. And imagine this. Imagine what the man's going through. Well, he survived. Most people did not. One year after the war, he was giving that lecture in a good suit to a well-heeled audience in New York City. So his story is an example of this. However tough you think things are, however much you tell yourself that conditions are obdurate and difficult, you always have the freedom to change your attitude, and that really, really, really can change everything. So it, it, we can even have our bodies imprisoned, but we can choose whether someone imprisons our mind or Absolutely. not. Absolutely. I remember I had a friend who was a Soviet dissident in the days of the Soviet Union and was sent to the Gulag, and he spent his time in his cell making a chess set out of breadcrumbs and building a castle out of breadcrumbs. He had, he had breadcrumbs. They were his playmates and his friends. And, and playing chess with breadcrumbs and building castles of possibility of bread breadcrumbs got him through. So I think when I hear people moaning and groaning and, and groaning around me, bewailing how tough things are, you know, th things are very tough for many people in our world. At any level of apparent well-being, people have pain, they have, they have hardship, the, 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 their partner has walked out of them, things go wrong. And then we look around the world and you see people who are starving to death and killing each other in the most horrible ways. I repeat 
stepping through all that, stepping beyond all that, we have the ability to choose our attitude and grow a dream, a brighter dream, whatever our circumstances, and that will change everything. Maybe it won't magically remove the prison prison walls if you're in a jail cell, but it will remove the walls of your mental prison, and that makes life much, much happier and much shinier. And most of us do live in a prison of our own making. Yes, absolutely. One of the most important communications I ever received, let me slow down for a moment and talk about how you get to know these things. For me, all of my life, one of the most creative states of consciousness is that liminal, in-between, twilight state between sleep and awake. You know, you're not asleep, you're not awake in the ordinary sense, your left brain cognition is not fully in control, you're drifting. Maybe you're in bed, you woke up, you're lying in bed, horizontal meditation, things come to you. That is a great space, it's an in-between space to get creative ideas, make creative connections. In the history of scientific discovery, as I note in my book, The Secret History of Dreams, it is in this space, this in-between space, that many of the great breakthroughs have been made. Well, well, one night or one morning in that space, many, many years ago, an inner voice, an inner guide of the kind that you get to know and trust uh, through practice, through discernment over time, an inner voice of the kind you get to know and trust said to me, remember, Robert, this world is not your prison. It is your playground. And I, I have always tried to follow that understanding ever since. I mean, I do things that some people might think look like a lot of work to them, but it is my pleasure. It is my play to research, to work, to travel, take travel 20 hours, to give a workshop in Romania or Brazil, to spend 14 hours solid of research or to write day and night without any concern for the clock. That's my form of play. We have different forms of play. Someone else might think it's a golf course or baking brownies. But, you know, we want to take that attitude. Once again, we always have freedom to choose our attitude. And I repeat, that can change everything in your experience of life and your experience of your world. You're making your world, actually, as you, as you adjust your attitude and, and indulge in the idea that you can grow visions of possibility. So talk for a minute with us about, or longer, about the power of images which you talk about and are referring to now in terms of um, the, the vision that one has in their mind. What is it about images that um, is so powerful? Well, we live by images. If you think that you don't have any images, well, then you're in trouble because images you haven't recognized are controlling your body and your experience of reality. The body believes in images. I mean, medical science, and actually sports psychologists were the first to look at this carefully, but medical science now confirms your body, for a start, believes in images. You entertain a certain kind of image, your body will respond accordingly. Uh, it, that marvelous pharmaceutical factory inside your body will respond to the images and stories that you are giving it or simply accepting or refusing. So, so your body systems respond to the images that you entertain. But actually, you know, images are our gateway to everything that matters. I mean, a very interesting French writer, Remy, René Domal, wrote once, the gateways to the invisible must be visible. Uh, shamans operate this way. Shamans are visualizers. They use images, whatever might be said about them. Shamans create a geography composed of images and maps through which they can travel to real places in non-ordinary reality. I mean, the shaman's map might be, for example, the upper world, the middle world, the lower world, a very simple cosmology in that depiction. 
But having a map like that, having a set of images like that, enables the shaman, and anyone who dreams is a little bit of a shaman, you know, enables the shaman to travel to places of healing, guidance, and encounter elsewhere, beyond this world, in the world behind the world. Having the right gateway image can take you, for example, to the place where the dead are alive, so you can begin to understand what happens to soul or consciousness after death, and you can begin to create your own geography of the afterlife. One of my books, Dreamgates, is all about that. It's all about learning to, to, to recognize and respect your personal images, above all from dreams, but from other sources too, and then use them as gateways to take you to the really interesting places in the multidimensional universe where shamans, poets, and mystics have always wanted to go, and where you can learn to go too. But it begins with recognizing that you have some material. You're not absolutely a novice at this, even if you've never done anything consciously about it. You have images they're coming to you in your dreams the world around you will give you pop-up symbolic images and you can learn to take those images to do better in your body in your vision of the world and as portals for the most interesting kinds of journeying and visioning and for those who are not connected to those those images don't even know that they're having them how do you help people connect with those images what suggestions do you have Oh, shall we count the ways, Paula? I mean, for goodness <laughs> sake, let's break the dream draft. It's all coming to you authentically, spontaneously, personalized, customized for you in your dreams. Yes, many people in our society are going through a dream drought. Let's start by breaking the dream drought. How do you do that? Well, you, here's, here's a suggestion you won't find in most of the other books. You'll find it in my books. D don't tell yourself when you wake up that you have nothing. Stop saying that to yourself. You've been going through a dream drought. Do, do several other things. First of all, say, well, maybe I have something. Maybe it's just a wisp. Maybe it's just a sense of color. Maybe I have a bit of a soundtrack playing in my mind. Or maybe something will come back to me under the shower or as I take my morning walk. So play with the idea that, you know, you haven't had dreams for a long time, but maybe you have a little wisp, a little fragment. Be kind to that. Be tender with it. You might find that it is the bait that will bring back a bigger dream that's waiting for you. So do that. Be kind to your fragments. Number two, go out in the world around you. Notice three things going on in the external environment that are interesting or unexpected or surprising or just grab your attention and play the game of looking at these as symbols or messages from the world around you as dreamlike symbols or messages. So you begin to play with working with the dream symbols of the world around you. Number three, go back in your memory to the last dream you remembered. Maybe it's when you were five years old. Pull that up. Let it become fresh and vivid in your mind. And then you can actually do a fundamental foundational exercise in healing through images. You can take that last dream you remembered and you can will yourself to make it alive and step back inside it and maybe play mentor and big sister to that younger child self. These are some of the things that you can do. You know, I've written many books about these things. I'll leave many work workshops about them. None of it is all, all, all that complicated. Once you accept that you're going to open up, step outside the boxes you put yourself in and recognize that you have some material. And then as you get deeper into this, Perhaps you'll wake up to something that the Aborigines in my native Australia say. They say the big stories are hunting the right people to tell them. To generalize it, I would say your big story is hunting you. Your images are hunting you. You don't have to work too hard at this. You just need to put yourself in a place outside those boxes of self-limitation where the big story, the big image can find you. It's looking for you, I assure you. But let's start by breaking the dream drought. That's where it begins. 
Well, I, I want to um, just support what you're saying with my experience. And that was a number of years ago as I was trying to find ways to get in touch with that part of myself that I lost, I was not remembering any dreams. And I did some of those very things that you're talking about. And I kept, as you also suggest in your book, a um, journal and, and, and pen next to my bed so that I could write things down before I forgot them, even if I woke up in the middle of the night. And now I have very vivid dreams, waking and um, sleeping dreams, active dreaming. So it's, it's powerful and it can change your life if you, you, if you use those dreams in the powerful ways that you've talked about. Absolutely. I mean, this, there is this cornucopia. There is this treasure house waiting for you. It's right there. It belongs to you. If you, if you don't have the key to it, it's because you dropped it somewhere along the way. Uh, forgot about it. But, but the, key is, the key is that this is an everyday practice, and it's every night practice, and central to it, as you just mentioned, and I see that you talk about this in a number of contexts, is the necessity to keep a journal, to keep a secret book. It can be all the things that you talk about, and then some. My journal contains everything. I mean, I'll then take stuff out of it and put it Put it, put it somewhere else. It contains not only my dreams, it contains, can, contains my observations of the world around me, it contains notes and quotes from my reading and research, it includes first sketches of essays and all the rest of it. It all goes into my journal. My journal is an immense and secret book, but some of it ceases to be secret when I notice as a writer, oh good, I've just cracked off 800 words of this essay or this story, it's right here, I'll take it, I'll turn it into a blog, I'll turn it into a page in one of my books. Uh, as you keep a journal, you're dialoguing with your yourself. Uh, and also, you're doing something. I mean, it, we don't dream very well if we don't take any action. I mean, our, the, our dream producers, and we can discuss who they are, but they might be aspects of our larger self for a start. Our dream producers want us to do something with the material. If, if you're in the habit of not doing anything with dreams, then you're probably not going to dream very well. The condition of dream deprivation is as serious as sleep deprivation, maybe more so. Actually, there are some neuroscientists now who say, even if they don't trust the content of dreams, who say that dream deprivation may be a more serious condition than sleep deprivation in terms of how the brain operates and how memory is laid down during the night might be even more serious. So we can understand even in neurophysiological terms that dream deprivation is a serious problem. In spiritual, soul-centered terms, it's always recognized everywhere in dreaming cultures that if you don't have your dreams, you are in trouble. Uh, the the Yonkwe Hunwe, the people of the Six Nations of the Iroquois, who, 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 one of whose languages I had to speak because of my own dreams, I speak Mohawk, they, they say that if you have lost your dreams, it's because part of your soul has gone missing. You've lost the dreamer in you. And that is a serious psycho-spiritual condition, and it requires healing. So I come back to, to my answer to the earlier question. It's all about resuming your connection with your dreams. And now I'm talking about those spontaneous sleep dreams that you may have been missing. And once you've made that connection again, then you can learn how to become a conscious or lucid dreamer or a shamanic dreamer and embark on intentional journeys uh, to all sorts of interesting places. Thank you so much. We're going to go to break and pick this up afterwards, but so illuminating and important. Um, thank you. 
I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, and getting what you truly want in life. You will also get it advance notice about every show episode and the on-demand shows sent directly to you. Now on your paper, write down how you're going to start using active dreaming in your life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Robert Moss for more fascinating discussion on active dreaming and choosing the life you want. The Change, the 7th Wave Channel, on the Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope that you wrote down how you're going to start using active dreaming in your life. And I'm so glad we're here with Robert Moss talking about this topic. And if you want more information, be sure to go to mossdreams.com. Robert, thank you so much for this wonderful information. I was wondering if you would talk with us a little bit about, you were talking about um, dream deprivation and also sleep deprivation, and you talk about segmented sleep and how we um, really have artificial sleep now. Would you talk a little bit about that, please? 
Well, I better confess in getting to the subject that I am and have always been a biphasic sleeper. What does that mean? It means that you sleep in two distinct periods of sleep in a 24-hour period rather than just one. I mean, many of us were virtually brainwashed by the sleep meds industry and other people into thinking the correct way to sleep, go down, sleep like the dead for six, seven, eight hours or whatever, get up, go back into the day. That is not the way that I have personally ever approached sleep and dreaming. It's not the way that most most of our ancestors approached sleep and dream, dreaming, and not just in caveman times, even in quite recent times. You go back to English literature in the 18th century, you'll find people, people talking about their first sleep and their second sleep, this kind of thing. And many of us are still like that. I think actually it is natural for humans to wake up. I mean, to wake up for real, to wake up significantly in the course of the night, and then have a period of wakefulness or semi-wakefulness between one burst of sleep and another. That in between state, whether it comes in the middle of the night or some other point in the day, depending on your schedule, uh, is a very creative liminal period. I mean, you get into the sort of same kind of slow brainwave patterns that are typical of hens incubating their eggs. I mean, and typical of scientists bringing together creative circumstances they didn't have before. You want to get better at this dreaming. You want to get better at consciousness. You want to get more lucid about everything. You want to spend more time in that in-between state. I, I think that also so I think it's also like this. When you first approach sleep, many of us are pretty tired. We need a period of recuperative, regenerative sleep. I mean, industrial sleep, I sometimes think of it. We may or may not remember dreams. We may or may not have so much dream activity in that first period of industrial regenerative sleep. Then we are going to wake up. If you think that you don't, you've just forgotten. You may go to the bathroom and think that that's all that's involved, but don't miss your moment of opportunity. Your body's got some rest and relaxation. Then be prepared to have some fun, to expand your consciousness, to be available to images rising and falling on your mental screen before you approach sleep again. That is sometimes my pattern. My actual pattern is that I'll get up for hours then and do some of my best research, writing and creative stuff. But I have a, I, I have a, so I've been accused of not having a body clock. But the, the pattern of my days is beyond segmented sleep. It's distinctly biphasic. I, I don't sleep for a long period of time. And when I do, I'm sometimes in a liminal, drifty, half-sleep state, which is, again, very creative, and can, the body can be quite rested. But the attitude that you've got to, with, with or without the aid of sleep meds, knock yourself out for a significant period of time, that is the enemy. I think it's a significant enemy of good dream recall, and it's certainly an enemy of conscious or lucid dreaming, and many people have been habituated to approaching things that way, and that is unfortunate. I really appreciate your sharing that because it relieved my feelings of doing it wrong and why can't I sleep through the night in one solid eight-hour um, block oh. like I'm supposed to. So oh, you're supposed I'm- to. Oh, dear. <laughs> You know, you know what, what shamans and, and traditional wise people in most cultures would also say to you, Paula, this may or may not sound scientifically correct, they'd say what's going on in sleep is that part of your consciousness, part of your energy is out of your body. And if it's gone from your body for eight hours, you could be without coming back. You could be less rested, not more rested, because part of you has been traveling. It's, it's, it comes back jet lagged and weary. It's been out of your body for such a long time <laughs> that your body may not get the rest. I mean, that is actually Paleolithic psychology, and you know what? It still suits our modern bodies and our modern souls, because in biological terms, we're not very far removed from people who lived in that understanding every day. 
Um, beautiful, and I appreciate that. Getting back to the wisdom of our ancestors that we have lost in our modern day society of electricity and artificial lighting and alarm clocks. Hey, I was once at some benefit dinner in New York City, very fancy people all dressed up uh, the way I used to be, but I don't not like that anymore. But anyway, I'm at this fancy dinner and uh, some banker's wife or girlfriend or something says to me, Robert, what exactly do you do? So I decide I have some fun. I say to her, oh, I'm a paleolithic psychologist, I say. And she sort of nods, the conversation moves on as if I said I'm a clinical psychiatrist or something. What is it? What would a paleolithic psychologist be? A paleolithic psychologist would be a Stone Age soul doctor. That's what it would be. I mean, in my approach to these things, I read a lot. I'm educated. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to bring myself up to speed with scholarship and science and literature in all areas, as shamans have always wanted to. They've always been at the top of their game in terms of the scholarship and science of their cultures. But in my fundamental reflexes and understanding of these things i have a lot in common with people who are operating ten thousand years ago and of operating when the traditions are still alive at the highest levels of indigenous and traditional cultures in terms of understanding how this works and what it's all about and what it's all about is soul it's all about soul it's all about soul it's all about soul that's what shamans understand and that's what that's the area that i work in um, and, and I love it. I'm, I'm so grateful you do. And you um, share a story about Shark Guy in your book. Would you share that with us? Well, I'll try to um, give a compressed version. The full story, which is, I think is highly worth reading, is in, act, in my book, Active Dreaming. And it, it, it's a full answer to your question about the importance of images and also about the importance of stories. So let me locate it in my own life. It's a Friday night. I'm actually at home around midnight. I'm often traveling over weekends to lead these endless workshops or play shops that I do. The phone rings. I don't want to answer it. I don't like the phone really, except when I'm doing radio shows in my shift for, uh, online courses. But anyway, I pick up the phone and in my hand at the time is a book I'm reading. And the title of the book is The Shark God. Shark, as in, you know, finny, finny killing machine in the water. The shark, sometimes new people in New York accents can't understand me at this point. <laughs> the shark god, the shark god. It's in my hand. It's a, it's a Melanesian travel story. It's a little bit about shamans. It's basically a travelogue. Anyway, here's a good friend of mine on the phone. Robert, sorry to bother you. Can you help my cousin? And I sigh. I don't want to do remote healing or work with people I don't know, and I don't want to do individual consultations, actually. But it's a very good friend. What's the story? Oh, well, Peter's seen his doctors. They told him he's got one month to live. I'm about to curse the Western allopathic, allopathic doctors who point the bone at you by telling you you've got one month to live. But my friend says, actually, he demanded to know his condition. You see, it started with lung cancer. It's metastasized. It's stage four. He wanted to know how long he's got. Can you help him? And I don't want to say anything. I'm just exhausted by this idea. But I say, well, let me think about it. Let me dream on it. So during the night a story comes together in my mind. It's a story composed of various elements, composed of my looking into this man's situation. It's composed of noting the, the, the title of the book in my hand, The Shark God. What's the significance? Well, sharks allegedly do not get cancer. That's actually not 100% true, but it's true enough. And what is, makes it very relevant is I personally have a connection with the shark. Hey, I'm Australian. More Australians are eaten by sharks than any other people. But I had also met the shark, uh, the shark spirit in Hawaii some years before. And I've done some work with people troubled by cancer. 
uh, transferring the shark energy to them. Anyway, I put together a story, and I called Peter, the man with the cancer, in the morning. How are you, Peter? He's coughing, he's hacking. I say, Peter, do you remember any dreams? He said, Sonny, I didn't have any dreams, dream drought, until I got the prognosis. And now I have a dream. Tell me the dream. He says, oh, I'm on a field of battle. All the orcs and horrible things from Lord of the Rings are against me, and I'm all alone. I say, great dream, Peter. Would you like an ally? He pauses. He says, yes, yes. Peter, picture this, I say. An immense, magnificent Polynesian warrior steps out of the water, naked except for a circlet of shark's teeth around his neck, and the war club with shark's teeth embedded on the edges that is in his hand. Oh, oh, and Peter, he's striking down your enemies. They're falling like dead grass. Can you see that? Can you feel it? Oh, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Wait a minute, Peter. Now he's coming at you. And you heal, feel the hiss as the war club comes down in your energy field. And you understand he's cutting all the dead smokers for whom you were smoking for 30 years out of your energy field. Oh, and Peter's crying. Thank you. Wait a minute, Peter. We're not done. Anyway, it goes on. There are nine stages to the story. It takes an hour. Uh, he, he, ta- he takes the war club after ritual gestures. He puts it inside his solar plexus. It becomes a shark swimming throughout his body, eating the cells of his disease. There are nine stages of this. I, at each stage, I have him tell back to me in his own words the story I am unfolding for him. And at the end of it, he says, Robert, I used to be an actor. I'm going to make this the best performance of my life. I am not going to die the way the doctors said. In all of this, I do not tell him something rather significant. In transferring the story to him, I've also given him a mythic, a story of mythic power. In Hawaii, there is a shark god who is the brother of Pele, goddess of fire, and he is immune to smoke. It's said that his precinct on the edge of the volcano is never touched by smoke because he is a brother of fire. What an ally for a man who's dying because of a smoking habit of 30 years. Well, you wonder how these things take. I'm doing what I call a dream transfer or a vision transfer. It's a technique that I practice and I teach, and it works very primal, ancient, imaginal method of transferring power and healing. You give a dream to someone who doesn't have a dream. You do it so well that the body as well as the mind believes it. Six weeks later, my friend calls again. He says, Robert, it's incredible. What's incredible? Peter has no trace of cancer at all, except one small spot on his lung, and the doctors say that will vanish. They went into conference. They think it must be experimental drugs. Peter and I think it's because he received the shark guy. The shark guy. We think that's why it is. Well, so he beat the cancer. You know, death is going to take you, but it's a question of how it takes you. And six weeks after that, death took him. He died from pneumonia. His immune system remained compromised, but he did not die a broken victim. He died standing up, ready to face life or death with courage and grace. He died well, and that was the gift of the shark guy. He defeated one disease. He did not rescue him from death, but, hey, death is sometimes a healer. It made him ready to enter the death and step through the doorway of death in absolutely the right way. So that's a story. It's even better than I, than I told it because there are more stages to it, but you, you can read the whole thing in Active Dreaming, the book. And and I hope that people do get your book, Active Dreaming, and also go to mossdreams.com for more information. Robert, thank you so very much for sharing the story and, and all of the information, and I do hope you'll join us again. Pleasure, Paula. May your best dreams come true, and may you remember them. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Have okay. a beautiful day. Bye-bye. 
Bye. Um, and I'd also like to tell my listeners that I apologize for the background noise, but it is storming here. So that's what's going on. I'd also like to thank you for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook, then click on the link to my resources page and to my store to purchase Robert's book and mine. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as overcoming abuse through self-empowerment, 21 steps for healing the body, energy healing. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, literally thousands of angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and also directly with my clients. And we connect you with your limitless higher self. My process works to bring your mind, heart, and soul together, resulting in progress, faster, and more profound healing. Click on the link to register for my Om Awakening workshop. Please join us next Thursday when Dr. Marty Loring will return for a third time to talk with us about emotional abuse, abuse, how to recognize it and heal from it. Please be sure to send me your inspirational stories, comments, or questions. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.